If it's 6 p.m. on a Thursday, that means it's time for Lehigh Valley Discourse. And we begin with Perspectives by John Pierce. Glad to have you along this evening. Our engineer is Sarit Lashinsky over there working the board for us. And I have a very special guest this Thanksgiving evening, and we hope you all are celebrating in a very positive way out there. Her name is Carla Messinger. She is Director, Cultural Educator, Consultant, and Cultural Heritage Preservationist with the Native American Heritage Programs. Native American, Carla, that means that we're talking in this area about Lenape. Right, the Lenape people. And you, I think, are part Lenape. I'm a Lenape descendant. Okay. And do you know what percentage? Well, the East Coast people, especially the Lenape, had no contract with William Penn or the Quakers or any other government entities for blood quantum. That was forced upon the people that went out of this area, the the native peoples in the Carolinas and then on the other side of the Mississippi where they were pushed and they were stuck on reservations. So there they needed blood quantum cards. They needed Bureau of Indian cards. Uh, They were put on reservations. Here for the Lenape and many other East Coast people, we have no reservations, no federal recognition. Other states around us have state recognition for the original native people of the state, but Pennsylvania refuses to grant the Lenape descendants recognition. So that means that you don't know exactly what percentage you are with your ancestors. Does it go back to great-grandparents? On my mother's side, both great-grandparents, and Mm -hmm. even farther back than that. But it's not something that we use as blood quantum to qualify who we are. It's a cultural thing, and usually it's matriarchal. Matriarchal. Right. Ooh, for a difference, huh, from what we Westerners are right, used to. Right, right. Uh, we had women's rights, equal job opportunity, slash pay, the right to divorce, but the husband still had to help support the kids, family planning, birth control. You could even be a war leader and be a woman. Oh, so if a woman today in America gets anywhere from 45 to 81% of a dollar and a man gets a dollar plus, Lenape women were more than equal to men before Europeans came here, and we How still are. interesting. Well, still are. Yep. So we're here at Thanksgiving time, and we're going to talk about the day after Thanksgiving in a few minutes. But let's start off with Columbus Day. Uh, which has been celebrated for many years. And now some folks are calling it Indigenous Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. And that's several states across the country, but not all. No, we have about 19 and growing, plus many cities. So the idea is to recognize Native people were and still are here in America, to give them a chance to be seen. We're only 2% of the population. So we're overlooked. We also look like anyone else in your neighborhood, unless it's a special occasion. So since we look like you and we dress like you and we work like you, in a survey of Americans in general, 40% thought Native Americans were dead and extinct. And those are adults. What do you mean by special occasion? Well, it would be if we're going to a ceremonial thing or a powwow or I'm working with grown-ups or children and I bring my traditional regalia 
and other accoutrements that I would have and share it with them so they can see it doesn't matter what I'm wearing, I'm still me. Yes, yes. So, in other words, Native people are around us all the time. Right. We just don't realize it. Right. Because you're mixed in with society at this point. Right. And the problem is that because of discrimination, many Native people don't say they're Native. I know a man who worked at the Allentown Police Station he never told anyone the last day he had traditional jewelry and stuff on it. And he said, Duh, well, today's my last day. I'm retiring. And one guy said, well, why don't you wear that stuff all the time? He said, do you think I want to be discriminated against? Oh, And he was a Lenape. So, I mean, yeah. if you have to hide it so you get the job or keep the job and yeah. only share it if something special comes up. When uh, explorers and colonists landed and arrived in North America, what did they find exactly here? They found towns and communities, anywhere from 50 to 5,000, 10,000 or more. They found family gardens. They found community party gardens because, you know, if you have a party, you have to have food. They found hunting territories. They walked on roads that went from Maine through Pennsylvania to Florida, through Pennsylvania up to Canada, through Pennsylvania through Ohio, all the way out to the Pacific Ocean. All the way to the Pacific Ocean. We knew the Pacific Ocean was there. And those were trade routes for the native people. So the people that came here already found a civilization. They just didn't understand it. Like around here, you would have your family garden, your community garden. You'd have your hunting territory. So the guys would go for a three- or four-day vacation to go hunting. The kids would go with them to learn skills and tracking and how to set traps, how to tell when the animals were there. I mean, if, if you find a poo from a octu, a deer, and it's a week old, well, why hang around there? The deer's gone. Right. So these <laughs> are things gone. children need to learn. Uh, the women did most of the gardening, along with the children. And so you had families that go out berry picking. Some would have a vacation to the seashore and visit relatives along the way. So it was never a wilderness it was a planned environment. You had to have territory for hunting. You had to have well-maintained roads. It was your village's responsibility to make sure the roadway was cleared for several days in both directions so people could get to you. I think we don't think about that with no. Native Americans before the Europeans arrived right. Right. As, as having organized roads and ways to get to places. Right. My wife said that she heard that Lenape would move to the Jersey Shore for the summertime. Well, not all of them. It was like a lottery. So you went last year, so your neighbor and their family would go to the shore this year, and you'd take care of their garden like they took care of your garden. Okay, so they would spend the, all the summer months, the several summer, summer well, months well, not, at the shore. Well, not all of them. It took a while to get there. And they stopped on the way to visit relatives. And then on the way back, you stopped again. You gave them smoked oysters or the quahog shells for making wampum. So that it was, you know, it wasn't just like you do now. You drive like crazy. You go down there, you spend three days, <laughs> and you drive like crazy. Yeah. No, they took their time walking there oh. because he had a walk with a backpack. Your dog had a backpack. Or you took a raft in the river, or you took a dugout canoe in the river. That was Those are your means of transportation. And so, when you say walking, I think right away moccasins. Is right, that correct? Right. Moccasins. Moccasin came from the Lenape word, Lenape hoxin. So people living here speak our language. You see someone across the street and you yell, hey. You hear it in the movies. You see it in the TV. You're speaking Lenape. That's hello. That's hello. In Lenape. In Lenape. Noticed recently that hi 
has turned into hay. hay. <laughs> so it's gone back. It's gone back we're a few going, going thousand back to years. The <laughs> Interesting. Why do so many Americans know so little about Native Americans? Well, first of all, you have the textbooks, which used to have some information. Now they have next to none. You have fiction books. You have cartoons. You have movies. And they base everything on stereotypes. So most of the people that you see that you think are Native Americans are from the plains in the Southwest, as opposed to East Coast and West Coast. So Native people have all skin tones, everything from light to dark. And if there's, let's say, during slavery, the slaves ran off to be with the native population, so then you had darker-skinned natives. And there was dirty blonde hair, red hair, brown hair, black hair. In Washington's army, they had commissioned officers who were Lenape. Oh, and one nobody of the, knew it. Well, that's just the, it. the Lenape themselves. <clears throat> right. I mean, they had some Lenape jewelry or things like that, but they were wearing the coats like these sure. other people. Uh, one of them his name translated into white eyes. Not that he had white eyes, no. He had gray eyes. But like Christopher Pine, when you see him in a movie, his eyes look bright because the gray eyes make the white look brighter. And so he had gray eyes, which was normal. Blue-gray eyes, brown eyes, hazel eyes. So once the Native people started trading for cloth and the settlers started trading and making leggings and moccasins, you couldn't tell them apart except by hairstyle, jewelry, body tattoos for the Lenape, which were traditional, not the modern colorful stuff. And once these things got blended together and the settlers started getting tattoos and cutting their hair like the Lenape did so it wasn't there, so you could run through the trees and not get hung up with your hair, you couldn't tell them apart. Never thought about that the with the length of hair and running through the woods. Well, everyone pictures a Native American man with this big, big headpiece. Right. And when you get a close-up, you see it's tied to his head. If you're running through the trees around here, the bear would have you because you'd be swinging in a branch and he'd just be nibbling on you. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, so you really can't have the hair in the way. Well, you say here in these notes, Carla, that only 22% of Natives live in federally recognized reservations and nations. Right. That means the 72 to 76% are living in towns, large urban areas, small towns, rural areas, farming. So we're mixed in with the population, and they don't realize we're there. Yeah, that surprises me because I, I immediately think of reservation right. when I think uh, Native Americans. Well, Pennsylvania doesn't have any. So that's more of a Western phenomenon, Well, Western William US. Penn was a very savvy business person. He assigned penorial manors, and the Lenape could live there. But once they moved, he resold it to incoming settlers. And he usually gave them land that was rocky, swampy, a sacred space, or had poor soil. So they couldn't really stay there and be farmers. So then he just resold it. The tourists had the same problem. And the natives really never had a place that was definitely only for them in Pennsylvania. Well, um, I like your term, the uh, mosaic that is North America. Uh, what have Native Americans contributed to that mosaic, would you say? Well, food. That's land. So when you think of corn, beans, squash, pumpkins, but then from Central and South America, you have potatoes, tomatoes, chocolate. These are foods Europeans didn't have. So most people can't imagine not having... Fries, chips, mashed, baked potatoes. And there's no ketchup 
for your fries because that's another native thing. Oh. <laughs> so that meant no spaghetti sauce. And the spaghetti noodles came from China. So you have no pizza sauce. And the chocolate, that came from Central and South America as well. And Anibal Diaz wrote in his diary how you could go one day on a cup of chocolate. And it was wonderful. Well, it's not the hot chocolate that you're thinking of. It's chocolate with water and spices. But it did have caffeine, so it did get you through the day. So we have different kinds of peppers, different kinds of beans. Almost all the food that we see in the grocery store is Native American from somewhere in the Americas. They just don't have labels on it. If you went around labeling, all the shelves would be covered up with those labels. Even avocados and, and pineapple are Native. So, you know, it's part of our lifestyle. And 45% of the medicine we take is a native plant extract in that pill, capsule, or nasty injection. So, you know, that's, it, it's important. And the land, you're living here on our land, you're speaking our language. People have native traditions around here. Most people don't think about it when they go to get a shower or a bath. They're, they're getting one maybe every day or maybe twice a day, depending what they do. But the settlers that came here only had to wash their face and hands if they had to. They'd catch their death of cold, they believed. So bathing wasn't part of a European idea. It was Lenape and other Native people. So if you get more than one bath a year, you can thank your Native people. <laughs> My guest, Carla Messinger, who is Director and Cultural Educator, Consultant, and Cultural Heritage Preservationist with Native American Heritage Programs. This is Perspectives by John Pierce. Hang in there, listeners. We'll be back in just a moment. Do you have a car that you're trading in? How about an old truck or boat that's taking up space? Let WDIY help you get rid of unwanted vehicles and turn them into financial support for the station. It's a simple and easy process. We handle all the towing, title, and transfer, and it may be tax deductible. Turn your vehicle into the programs you love. To learn more, visit WDIY.org or call 610-694-8100, extension 4. Celtic Fair, a celebration of Celtic music and culture, from its roots in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Galatia, and Brittany, to its branches in Australia, Cape Breton, Canada, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, and the Lehigh Valley. Bringing you music, interviews, and a weekly culture calendar every Thursday from 7 to 9 on WDIY Allentown listener-supported community public radio. My guest this evening on Perspectives by John Pierce is Carla Messinger, and she is enlightening us on contributions made by Native Americans to our mosaic that is our country, the USA. Carla, what else would you say are some contributions from Native Americans? Well, from the Lenape is a tradition that most people have in the fall of hanging out ears of corn, usually three to four ears of corn in the window, on the fence post, mailbox, whatever. Just as decoration. But it really isn't just decoration. In the old days, you have your clan symbol, like I have a turtle, and that would be at your Wickwammer Lodge house, and you'd have the ears of corn hanging out so people knew when they were traveling through they could stop and have something to eat. Oh, great tradition. Yeah. Other contributions, they had an abacus, camouflage, chewing gum. So Native contributions have been huge all over the Americas. Baby bottles, compulsory education. That meant your family were your teacher and your grandparents. Popcorn and other kinds of corn. Just think about 
zucchini and sunflowers and vanilla and cashews and pecans. They had antibiotics and some were so advanced they could do cataract removal down in South America Whoa. and did uh, work on the brain, relieving the pressure on the brain. They had quarantine, holistic medicine, thing of corn syrup, freeze drying. And down in Central and South America, you could freeze dry things. Up here, you had to dry things or have things salted. No one had a fridge like we have today or freezers right. or glass jars or cans. They had herb gardens, think of strawberries. So there's a wide variety of foods like cotton and black walnuts. All right, now and, you're talking my language. You're yeah. talking walnuts. Yeah, nuts are great. <laughs> then in the Southwest, you had adobe. Uh, some places made concrete and asphalt. They had suspension bridges down in Central and South America. And up here in the oil fields, they gathered oil to use for different things because it was bubbling at the surface. So, well, let me see. We've got management of the forest. So you'd had get rid of the some of the trees that really didn't help and make sure there was enough acorns and things like that to encourage the wild turkeys and the deer. Some places had irrigation, sewing needles, mouthwash, colanders. The list keeps going on and wow. on and on. It is. Snowshoes, it's... snow goggles, lacrosse, the little brother of war for the Iroquois. So when they, in the Iroquois Confederacy, uh, if you couldn't settle disputes, you had one long lacrosse game. Three football fields, you ran it day and night until there were losers. Then you could trade presents and go home. So huh. warfare for Native people wasn't the warfare they had for the Europeans. Wow. So that was a big shock. You just didn't disable someone after a skirmish. The settlers just killed people. So it was different mm -hmm. points of view. How interesting. All these contributions from Native Americans. Since I'm, I'm using the term Native Americans, right. Carla, do the Natives care whether we say Native Americans or Indians? Well, America now has a very large India population, meaning people came from India. So when you say Indian, first thing you think of is people from India. So it's easier to say Native Americans. In Canada, they say First Nations. They say First Nations. Right. Now here, for most Native people, we like the name of our group. But if you don't know the name of our group, like I'm a Lenape descendant, if you don't know the name of the group, then you could say Native American. Now, today we're celebrating Thanksgiving, one of our great holidays in the U.S., and most of us don't know that the day after Thanksgiving is a very important day also. It's called Native American Heritage Day. Why doesn't that come up on my calendar? Well, it was made a federal holiday. They didn't bother to tell the public, but it's a federal holiday. And they, you know, it's oh. the day after Thanksgiving, so people have it off anyway. And then they didn't bother to say, hey, this is a national holiday. And for most people, it's, it's a blank day because it's Black Friday, and that's all they're thinking about. So while you're standing in line trying to pay for something, <laughs> please think about the Native Americans and try to give us some equality. Well, there are somewhere north of 5 million Native Americans in 37 states, and there are d diverse peoples living in all these cultures uh, do you have any idea how many tribes there are? Federally recognized, there's over 500. Then there's mm -hmm. state recognized. Then there's unrecognized. So you could just double the population right there. It's, it's larger than you think. Now, you, you s use the term Wampanoag. Right. Is that the Wampanoag. way to pronounce it? Wampanoag. Wampanoag. Right. 
Which means what? I think it might mean the Tidewater people. I'm not sure. They're up, up there. They dealt with the pilgrims. Okay, so when we, we think of pilgrims and Indians or pilgrims and Native Americans, the Wampanoag is another right. name for right. That's that, that particular, particular group. group. November is Native American Heritage Month, which I did not know. And it's our iconic holiday, uh, of course, around Thanksgiving. How about conflict between the parties at the time and place? The first official Thanksgiving Day, you say, was not a festive gathering of Indians and pilgrims happily sharing a meal together. We're going to be, no. The pilgrims decided to eliminate the Native people after they had taught them everything they thought they needed to know. And so they surrounded the religious building where people were praying. And when they came out, they shot them. And the ones that were inside were torched. So they were actually celebrating a massacre. People don't realize that uh, because the myth of Thanksgiving. And so, yeah, during the years, Native people did go to different Thanksgivings with the settlers because... Um, even in biblical times, they had thanksgivings, usually after they massacred somebody in the Bible. They would have a time of thanksgiving because our side won. So they brought yeah. that concept to America. So when there were festivals and things like that that the Wampanoags or other Native people there shared, they would bring deer, they would bring wild turkey. Uh, they, didn't, they had popcorn and they had corn. They didn't have the pumpkin pie that you think of. They had pumpkin soup. Um, cranberries you could mix and dry with things but it wasn't the cranberry sauce that you're used to they didn't have the sweet potatoes or the potatoes but they did have jerusalem chokes and they did have a potato-like thing that came from the cattail plant so they would bring the herbs and other things that they knew of and they would share with the settlers and when we think about the uh, i think back to the years when my children were in kindergarten and there were two kindergarten classes one of the classes at Thanksgiving time would dress up as Native Americans. The other class would dress up as pilgrims. Mm -hmm. And one class would go and meet with the other class and happily sit together and share stories and whatnot. That's not really the way it happened. No. But is that a good way to get children started thinking about Thanksgiving? Or is that just let's not play with the truth? Let's not play with the truth. I mean, you know, for Thanksgiving, you can say that during the year, Native people and the incoming European people had get-togethers based on the season, and Native people would bring foods, and settlers would bring foods, and they would share foods. Now, for the settlers, that basically meant men and women doing the serving. For the Native people, that meant men and women that were coming and participating as equals, where the settler women weren't equals. So, you know, there's a way about learning about the native culture from where you live, your location. And you could use that to focus on in the month of November and then branch out to other native cultures and compare and contrast the climate environment, the homes, the clothing, everything was influenced by climate and environment. What you grew, what you hunted, what you fished, what kind of pottery you made. So they could do that as a learning experience and then just keep Thanksgiving for when you go home with your families. Interesting way to, to look at it. Yeah, we only get one month for people to appreciate us, unfortunately. Native culture should be something that goes on all year, every season, where they're learning, oh, well, here in our area, in the season of fall, this is what the Lenape did. 
or this is what the Lenape do in spring. So it doesn't have to be a huge part of the curriculum. Just putting in here and there. I wrote a children's book called When the Shadbush Blooms, and it has a page that shows the past and a page that shows the present. So the children can see that they're still planting, they're still gathering pumpkins, they're still eating strawberries, they're having corn on the cob. In the old days, they played a form of soccer, which was both boys and girls together, and now they're playing soccer the way the outsiders play it. So the children can see that life really hasn't changed. The clothing has changed, you've got trucks and cars and things like that. But the whole idea is you're living a native lifestyle and this proves it and you see it. So it can be just small things incorporated into the learning that tell children native people were here, native people are here, native people will be here. Yes, indeed. My guest this evening on Perspectives is Carla Messinger and she is talking to us about Lenape. Do you call it Lenape Nation? No, that's the name of a, of a social group. There's many different Lenape groups in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. So I just consider us a people because there's so many different groups that they aren't really related to each other or anything like that. And one of those groups is Lenape Nation. Right. But it's really Lenape Tribe. Well, no, because here mm. in the East Coast we didn't have we weren't considered tribes. We were considered nations. But if you say that, then people think it's one particular group. <laughs> Very confusing. It's confusing. Yes, indeed. So tell us a little bit about your ancestors as far back as you know. You have your great-grandparents mm -hmm. is as far back as you know. Well, there were others, you know, beyond that and all right. that. Yeah, the family traditions are family traditions. Everybody has them, whether they share them with their children or not. The children don't realize they're doing it because at a certain time of year you do this and you do that, and you don't think twice about it. So it was important to share information with the children so it gets passed on through the generations. And our people were farmers, so some of them still are farmers. Today they're more spread out, my family group is. Guys are in the military, and then they find someone, and they live in that state where his wife is or something like that. Right. Do you have family reunions sometimes? In the old days, it was easier because they were all more or less in Pennsylvania. But now it's, it's impossible because of the distance and health mm -hmm. concerns and things like that. I have an uncle I haven't seen since the pandemic. He's still in Pennsylvania with his wife. And they have a little farm, but he has health issues. So we'll call and talk. It's Telephones are great. Yeah. Yes. Well, Carla, our time is coming to an end here. Okay. To talk about contributions by Native Americans to our country. Carla Messinger, who is director, cultural educator, consultant, and cultural heritage preservationist with Native American Heritage Programs. Carla, if somebody wants to get in touch with you and find out more, Let's give an email address. Is that all right? P-A-Lenape at enter.net. And my website is lenapeprograms.info. So it's all one word, L-E-N-A-P-E-P-R-O-G-R-A-M-S dot I-N-F-O. I have a website with about 100 pages, stuff for children, teachers, adults, current information, uh, things about the past, a book list that they can print out and take to their local library and ask for interlibrary loan. Um, we were in the opening for the National Museum for Native People in Washington, so I took pictures of other Native people in their traditional regalia 
while we were sweltering. They ran out of water. I'm in 40 pounds of, of deer skin. The water's running off of me. I'm sweating. We, you know, <laughs> And I took pictures so that especially children could see other Native groups that were there, like from Alaska, who was sweating worse than I was, <laughs> with his fur and his oh. mucklucks. Oh, wow. Um, and some from Central and South America, which were way cooler. Right. Because of their clothing. So the kids can actually see a variety of Native people along the way. And like it's like they're walking with me and they're seeing what I saw. And I also want to congratulate you on an award that you received, the Unsung Hero of 2022. And this award was uh, given to you. And congratulations on that. Wanishi. That's Thank you. very nice. Wanishi. And Wanishi for coming over to WDIY's microphones once again, Carla. And we hope to have you back sometime to talk more about Native Americans and their contributions. Dear listeners, thank you for tuning in this evening. I'm John Pierce. And until we meet again, remember to be gentle with your neighbor. <laughs>